0: Hello from the Pacific Northwest. This is Kristen from KristenWomback.com, and you're listening to Intentional Now Podcast. More people than ever are asking the question, how do we find ourselves on the resurrected side of Jesus? In this show, I discuss what's really on the other side of the torn veil, ascending into heaven And how does our Sonship fix the heart of creation? If you're like me, Jesus has redefined what you used to say yes to. Join me and my guests in a workshop discussion that proclaims, We are not nailed to the cross or dead in the grave, but fully alive and resurrected in Him. Let's do this hello dear family good afternoon yay and guess what this is number 99 episode 99 i'm kind of excited about that but look out when we get to 100 hoot hoot it's going to be so good hey I know that you are aware of this, but God is on the move and moving the heart of people, right? I'm sure that you have all heard about the breakout revival in Asbury, Kentucky and other colleges. Isn't that amazing? Praise, praise, praise. So one of the fun ways that I engage Holy Spirit with those marvelous moves that are happening is I actually turn it on. I go to YouTube, find one of the videos, and I play the live worship session all during the night. It's wonderful. It makes me in our oneness. It just makes me so more Oh, what's the word I want? Sewn in and tied as I set my spirit in his presence. And it's such a sweet spirit of love and worship. God is so good. It's just my way of being right there in the spirit, in the natural, hearing and immersing myself. It's like marinating, (laughs) marinating myself in what God is doing. So I have a personal reminder for you in this particular season, God moving and his supernatural moves are just visible and right in front of us. So if you haven't had the opportunity to listen to episode 97 from the Cloud of Witnesses, I invite you. I share my story of meeting Lonnie Frisbee in the Cloud of Witnesses in 2016. Yeah, I even have the link for the YouTube video in which I shared this with some peers of mine. So it's a fun time at this particular time and season to share this testimony with you. My home church went and saw an early release of the movie Jesus Revolution. So check your local listings and definitely make plans to see the movie. So what captivated me the most when I saw the movie was the audience. I assumed that I would see many familiar Christian family faces in the audience. From my community, right? Well, that wasn't the case at all. I found myself sitting amongst a crowd of people they were just about 10 years plus my senior and these were the real witnesses of the Jesus movement of the Jesus movement so what touched my heart and yes I very much enjoyed the movie but what touched my heart while I was sitting in this room was all these former hippies At the heart, 50 years plus later, they were still very much in love with Jesus. I just wanted to say, well done, well done, well done. And I just was so taken by the authenticity of that particular move of God. And there I was sitting there with People that could probably have told me story upon story, right? <laughs> it was wonderful. Go see the movie Jesus Revolution. I have also left um, specific, specific, I can say that specific links to YouTube videos that really touched me about um, Lonnie Frisbee and different testimonies. You'll be blessed. So let's get to the heart of today's subject. Now let me put a little backstory, okay? A couple weeks ago, I was talking to Holy Spirit on my way to a Wednesday evening gathering. I'm always mulling over the events of the day round and round in my head, and I asked Holy Spirit questions about key issues in my life. Family, personal growth, how's my business, how's that tracking, Um, My home group and and the things that I pray for them and what they're believing from God. So these desires, they stir me on a daily basis. I know they do to you. They just, those things just stir us, right? And I heard Holy Spirit say, who told you it wasn't working? (laughs) okay and and it was positive it had movement and life in it and i heard it like this my thought process or the measurement of answers cuz i'm kind of an evidence kind of gal you know not not the part in what I'm believing, but the evidence and the movement of his living word in my life. I'm always pressing on it, pressing on that love every day. So I have some promises that span, hmm, almost 30 years plus. And you could say that is why I ask so many questions. I bet you ask questions too. <laughs> So today, we're going to look spiritually at some of those questions, and we're going to pull them out of the soil, just like they were roots that were covered. We're going to pull those roots up, that root system that was covered in soil, and give them a bit of a shake, okay? Because Jesus paid the ultimate price for our redemption, and I know you, and you're much like me, we don't want to leave one breadcrumb on the table that he paid for. Amen? Yeah, I heard you. Amen. Hoo-hoo. So I'd like to pause just for a moment to breathe out the day's busyness. And I invite you, Holy Spirit, to come to rest upon my heart, to move in our hearts, to move in our thoughts, to come and rest upon our desires, to come and rest upon the issues that concern both of us. Come and rest and feel his heart beat and his love. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just sow your spirit of unison and oneness with him. And take hold, take our hands hold of the paintbrush. And we deposit on the canvas of our lives nourishment. Hope and divine wisdom. Just pause. So I invite you to write down the simplest impression, the oddest impression of this waiting pause this slow moment now we're ready (laughs) you can say I'm ready (laughs) so together let's unpack Holy Spirit's statement who told you it wasn't working (laughs) have you ever heard that statement Have you ever felt like in, like our faith or our belief system, it wasn't working? Hmm. Have you ever questioned yourself or questioned God, and then you, you feel like there's this wedge trying to work its way between you? I, have you ever felt that? So together we're going to get to the bottom of this statement. But first I'm going to rehighlight the focus, my focus, our focus for this year. Remember, it is a year of miracles. Psalms 24 says may he give you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed. That is totally what Holy Spirit gave me for this year. All of our plans succeed. And those desires of our heart, that's why I call it a year of miracles. So I'm going to read that again from my Tanakh and I'm going to put it in present day mode. This is Kristen's language Of God, he's always talking with living words. And living, that means they have frequency and sound and they vibrate and they remind me of my image of him when I look in the mirror. God is responding in times of distress. Hashem answers you on the day of distress and the name of Jacob's God makes you impregnable. He dispatches your help from his sanctuary and supports you from Zion. He remembers all of your offerings and considers your burnt offerings generous. He grants you your heart's desire and fulfills Your every plan. Who told you it wasn't working? Who? Ha! Who could have many names, wouldn't you agree? Well, who do you think the who is in this statement? Who is the who? Is it you? Me? Is it our self? Is the who our desire and hope? Our frustration, our determination, our press, our push-in, our submission, our resolve, our place of being undone in him. So who who um Who gave voice to the question mark of who? Who who put voice to that? And I'll say that again. Who gave voice to the question mark in that statement? Who told you? You know, that originates all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Yeah, we're just going to remember here for a minute. And we're going to first talk about the serpent's deception here. You are so familiar with this in Genesis. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Well, Eve answered the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees in the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God had said, You must not eat of it or touch it or you will die. Ah, You surely will not die, the serpent told her, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Well, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eyes, and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom, she took the fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. So they sewed together fig leaves and made coverings for themselves. Hmm. And here we have a little later. (laughs) Then the man and his wife heard the voice of Lord God walking in the garden in the breeze of the day. And they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. But the Lord God called out to the man, Where are you? Well, I heard your voice in the garden, he replied, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. Who told you you were naked? asked the Lord God. Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Hmm. Who told you that you were naked? Here we are again. The Spirit of God is asking, and I'll put it present tense. Kristen, who told you that it wasn't working? Who told you that you were naked And this is where a simple, heartfelt, I'm sorry, Lord. A quick repentance that turns me right back around to looking in the mirror of who I am and my reflection of him in my life, my original identity. So then in this Genesis passage, we hear from the mercy of God. God asks, have you eaten? This is how I perceive the passage and what it suggests that this is actually our first choice, not the choice that Adam and Eve ate, that they made a mistake or that they sinned. Let me suggest this. If Jesus died for us before the foundation of the world, then how is death or sin an issue? Maybe it was their response to God. And what was their response to God? They began pointing fingers. (laughs) He did that and she did this. So. Who told you it wasn't working? Now the enemy's deception, he comes around and says, Did God really say that? So he's absolutely pointing a finger. (laughs) So here is the wedge that attempts to put distance and separation between us and God which is actually impossible. (laughs) Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. So I'm going to ask you a little favor. So take a quick look. Just take a moment and look at the graphic that I made for this episode. So when I look at it, I look at the wheel being turned, the ladies turning the wheels. I I see that as our prayers and our decrees and our conversation with God set into motion. But let's just imagine for a moment that the lady in the picture who's turning the very first gear or the wheel if she represents us, then she represents God in us. One faith, one baptism. And then that would make it that God is turning the wheel, correct? So faith is working. Every prayer, every decree, every conversation. And let's conclude that it is working. It's working in your life. Your miracle, your restoration, your desires are in movement. And together, it's easy for me to picture my arms. I just hold them out to God and say, yes, God, yes. So I'm going to highlight some scripture here in our Yes God. So in James 2.5, may I have your full attention on this issue, my dear friends. Faith in who you really are according to your original idea identity is the real measure of your wealth. You might be poor according to the standards of the world, but according to God, you possessed your allotted portion. You possess that. And that is the kingdom of his promise to those who love him. Love is our portion. Love is the momentum which moves the wheels. Fear Fear cannot coexist when love is in motion. Fear identifies, it it identifies the who in our statement. Who told you it wasn't working? So this perfect love union, which moves, every single wheel, every cog of our heart's desires, that expels fear. Because fear in its nature, it holds on to an expectation of crisis or judgment. It brings separation. There's that wedge, right? And it, it, it interprets it that there's going to be a punishment or a karma or a flow. And fear echoes torment. And it registers in someone who does not realize the completeness of their love union with Father, with Son, and with Holy Spirit. And with you and I, one another in our oneness. So we find encouragement in remembering our father of faith, Abraham. I get so encouraged. Because Abraham's righteousness is inspired in his act of faith when he presented his son Isaac as a sacrifice upon the altar. Scripture confirms that Abraham was justified way a long time before Isaac was born. God was his reward not Isaac no amounts of good works can justify a person good works follow faith not the other way around they, they follow it so us turning the wheel the cogs of its working is our faith so James this question was not abraham our father justified by works and that he offered up isaac his son upon the altar the answer is clearly uh-uh no i'm going to ask the question again that james asked was not abraham our father justified by works in that he offered up isaac his son upon the altar no, Abraham was justified when he believed God's word concerning his offspring many years before Isaac was born. Many years. Our justification, our workings, our faith in him believes and moves and has its being in God's words to us concerning his promises. Sometimes, many years before the promise is born. That's right where we are. That's right there in the movement of the workings of the wheels. And again, in Romans, we're reminded about Abraham. Faith righteousness was not Abram's idea or invention. He was simply overwhelmed by God, by his maker's belief and favor in his God encounters. I'm going to put that in really easy language. Abram, even before he was Abraham was overwhelmed by God's belief and favor. That was God's belief and favor. Overwhelmed because of his God encounters and witnessing God's belief and favor. When God breathed the letter hey into Abram, when God breathed grace via the letter H hey in Abram, it wasn't Abram's faith that rewarded him with righteousness. No, faith is not something we do. It's what happens to us when we encounter the love of God. So faith is a result of Our encounters in simplicity, in craziness, all those spiritual encounters that we have with the love of God. Faith is a result of it, is us moving in action. Faith is seeing those wheels turning of its working, because there's only one faith, (laughs) and it's his And Jesus is both the source and the sustenance of this faith. The one faith. It's his. It doesn't belong to you and me. It doesn't belong to Abraham. It belongs to him. And it lives in you and me. His faith lives in us. And when we encounter the love of God, we're very much aware of his faith in us so who told you it wasn't working and let's change that statement (laughs) who told you it was working god's faith residing in you that's evidence that it resides in you And it's God that tells you it's working. God is responding in times of distress. And God answers you on the day of distress. And the name of Jacob's God makes you impregnable. What does that mean? You have the ability to be pregnant and carry it to term. And he dispatches you help from his sanctuary and supports you from Zion. He dispatches all of heaven to help you, to support you, to love you. And he remembers all your offerings and considers your burnt offerings generous. God says you are generous. We put our life as a living sacrifice on the altar of love. And right there in that place, God says you are generous. And right there is where we encounter that he grants each of us the desires of our heart and he fulfills our plans right there on the altar of love we encounter God being faithful God's faith in us I release over you The breath of God. I release over you his goodness. I release over you divine miracles, signs, and wonder. I bless you. That was good. I think we should go right back to the beginning. I'm going to get right back to the beginning in our pause, in our wait. Jesus paid the ultimate price for our redemption, and we're not going to leave one breadcrumb on the table. Amen? Today we paused just for a moment, And we breathed out the day's busyness and we invited Holy Spirit to come and rest upon our hearts and our thoughts. Holy Spirit, you have come and you've rested upon our desires. You have rested upon the issues that concern us. They concern you. You have rested and we have felt and encountered your heartbeat and your love. We rest and we come in the spirit of unison with you and we take hold together of that paintbrush and we encounter the deposit on the canvas of each one of our lives. Nourishment, hope, divine wisdom, miracles, signs, and wonders. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Good stuff. I just invite you just to stay in this place of rest. I will talk to you again next week. Bye now.